This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by NatureBox with over 100 delicious snacks. NatureBox makes it easy to find the snacks you want without questioning what's in them. Head over to NatureBox.com forward slash badchristian today and receive 50% off your first box. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Ready, Joey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That, that beatbox is out of rhythm, Three, Toby. Try it again. Two, one. Oh, hit. man, this is going to be a tough episode. Okay. Toby, I hate that kick uh, drum sound I've you're got making it, with your mouth. I've got it. I've got it. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Bad Question all right. Well, you know, you should try that again, Toby, but uh, make let Joey kick the beat kind of empty there, and why don't you put coughs and sneezes, apparently what you're trying to do, but try and put it in, in time. Yeah, why don't you, you do shut that? up? Wow. I'm not going to shut up, and I'm, not, I'm, and I'm not taking any crap today over the air, over the airwaves or on the podcast or from people on Twitter or anything else because I'm dealing with all the shit you can deal with at my house right now, so I'm going to have to apologize in advance. No, you know what? I'm not going to apologize. But I might be a disaster on my end because I'm stuck in my house with two unbelievably sick women who I can't even get. I mean, you know, I'm a few feet away from them, and it's nothing but sickness and coughing and throwing up and every possible thing. Of course, I'm not one iota sick, and they're devastated (laughs) with fevers. And I'm going to the grocery store every 13 minutes for lemon juice, honey. Oh, we need popsicles or this or that, whatever it is. Except for what that lemon juice is organic or not organic or it's not thin enough, whatever it is. But and then my daughter is now, I don't know, I guess we taught her this, but she's now treating me like I am her slave. So she will scream from the other room, milk, milk, <laughs> dad. Well, Matt, you sure milk. have changed a lot, buddy, because I remember earlier episodes, you actually had a whole segment on how you really enjoy your family being sick. So now it's just, oh, you're right, it's taking a turn. Uh, in the opposite yeah, direction. Yeah, you're right. I would just I would say that they're kind of, well, I mean, there's a truth to that. What I said before was they're sweet when they're sick because they need me. But this has been going on a few days too many. Yeah, day one and day two, if they're a little bit sick and they want to snuggle, either one of them wants to snuggle with me or allow me to be nice to them or yeah. bring them some soup. And then they're like, thank you so much. I'm so sorry, baby. Yeah, I love that. But I it's been way too many days in a row here. And I'm losing my mind in my tiny 790 square foot house with the two it's, it's coughing in stereo every minute of the day oh, yeah man. well well here's why i don't feel bad for you because that's only two women doing that imagine if you added three more people to that <laughs> in my house we have five people or two more people i guess and the dog and I am sick my nose i have that thing where like if i lean over my nose like r- i can drips. hear it. and here's the worst part at least uh, your ladies are getting to chill at home, watch Netflix, relax. Their their husband and father is taking care of them. I am the husband and father here, and we are leaving first thing in the morning, and I have to sing for two hours, four days in a row, two hours a day. Well, I was going to say that, that the fact that I'm getting on an airplane first thing in the morning is the only good news about the situation. It's the worst news for me because I tomorrow this, <laughs> this time tomorrow I'm going to be really complaining to you and, and Devin and Andy about how I'm not going to even be able to make it through the show because I am sick. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. If I had to weigh the total uh, value of the two or the, the annoyance of the two or the trouble it causes me, 
one sick Toby actually is more difficult for me to deal with than two sick women. <laughs> yeah. So, so. <laughs> he can't go on stage. He can't sing. You his got- voice is his, his instrument is living. This is how I make my money. Probably needs vocal surgery. Got to go to the doctor. <laughs> He's going to die. We won't be able to make an income. We got to cancel the show. Yeah, I'd rather actually stay here with these two sick women so, now that I think so about it. So I actually it. have made you appreciate your family even more. It's what I do. Yep. I, I appreciate I help, it, I help man. men realize how You're good their wives are. <laughs> you love your wife. You love your daughter and however they are. I, I am so frustrated, though. Every All my kids had the watery eyes, feeling bad, stomach hurts. We hadn't had any throw up or anything. And luckily, nobody's missed school, but it's just crazy. I, don't, I think it might even be allergies here. It's just a nightmare. Yeah, uh, when you're sick, it's like uh, the best possible scenario is if your wife or if the roles were reversed, if she's sick and I'm totally good to go because you can seriously just say, oh, baby, I'm sorry. I just can't give the kids a bath. I just don't feel good. Like I really need to lay down and rest. You know, my body needs to recover and that sort of thing. The worst is when you're both sick because both of you just got to like eat it up and go Mm-hmm. tend to the kids like you can't yeah. you can't lean on the person it's, it's the worst the worst too is when your spouse and all your kids are throwing up and then you get sick too it's just crazy kids man they just kind of kind of ruin it all well i'm lucky i guess i can have gratitude that i am very rarely to never sick so the good for me at least you're yeah. like will uh bruce willis on unbreakable similar yeah very similar sure. I've been waiting for you to notice that. <laughs> Toby's Mr. Glass. <laughs> I'm never I'm not really ever that sick. And I know for a fact that I will get through the show. How many people are sick and their voice is gone? And Matt, you're as confident as you are in me that I will totally be fine during the show. I have no worries about the sounds that are gonna come out into the microphone during the show. My concern is the twenty two and a half other hours of the day I'm gonna be around you. <laughs> You'll sing fine. You always do. That's never ever been an issue who's the whiniest member of emory when it came to getting sick like on the road toby's the whiniest member of people that i know <laughs> as well as emory i guess i don't <laughs> agree with it. maybe i get a different toby no yeah. i'm just i'm just kidding he's not really um he's not whiny as individual it's just the thing about singers that and i understand it because i mean it's what everybody's watching you and your voice is the centerpiece and it is the most important thing and it is what everybody focuses on. And it's something when it's out of your control like that, it, it's just so, you know, it could be, I guess it's the, the idea is it could be really embarrassing or something like that, but it's really is because it's the focus. But the, the, the notion that comes into wanting to have everybody listen to you and, ha- and you're so proud of your voice and that's why you got into singing and all that stuff. I mean, it, it just, it's a very natural thing. All singers do it. Singers apologize for being sick all the time when they're just barely sick. You'll notice that at concerts. I mean, you hear it a lot and, and there's a good reason for it because of the amount of pressure and the way it feels, have everybody listening to your voice. Speaking of, being the thing you're speaking known for. of singing and lead singers at concerts, let me tell you guys why I'm so irritated with the church. Uh, yeah, nice segue there, too. <laughs> Back to the church. <laughs> have you, the ba- have hey, you- the bad thing is, is a lot of people thought that I was serious just now. Oh, yep. gosh, there they go Here again. we go. Back to that. Hey, I have been listening topic. to Break It Down recently. Um, oh, awesome. Well, you We're put not two episodes out within, now. like, three days of each other, and I, yep. I listened to all the questions ones, and then I'm halfway into Devin's, which is, is really fun as well. But I had a thought about your political discussion. I thought what you said was super compelling as far as people nowadays saying, I just don't believe in politics. I don't believe in the system anymore. So why the hell not vote for someone like Donald Trump? Like, why mm-hmm. not vote for someone like Brent? Like, we've got to reach for something outside of the political system. 
And I thought to myself, what if that was a sign of the future to where what what if we stick with this? Let's say Donald Trump becomes president and he surprisingly isn't the best president ever, but he gets some things done and it's pretty obvious. And let's say a miracle happens, he's reelected. This time, eight years from now, would it be out of the question for Michael Jordan to run for president or mm-hmm. Kanye West or Reese right. Witherspoon? You know, I mean, like, what, what if what, what if Ronald Reagan was like a sign of things to come? Like that that was a long time ago, but still people a long time ago have been like, no way, an actor is going to be the president. But I mean, it's just it's a crazy thought because I do believe that you're right as a whole, the country does not trust politicians anymore. So why would we keep voting for politicians? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I think there's very, very little chance that uh, Trump would make a good president. It seems like a really, really bad idea. However, it's interesting that the culture is willing to all indulge that idea as far as they have and maybe are going to continue, you know, maybe it really is going to happen. And if so, I think, it, unfortunately, I did put out a tweet that said, hey, you have to admit there is a chance that he could get elected and be just unbelievably good and effective. Yeah. And then what would you say? Like, well, then would you be married to your ideology that, he, no, he has to be bad? Right. Or would you actually, like, what if he did stuff and you're like, whoa. And, and people don't work that way with politics because that's what essentially they would just find a way to say somebody was bad. But very rarely, if ever, I don't think somebody gets elected that you were really scared of. And then later you're like, well, I guess I was wrong. He did a kick-ass job. I don't know if anybody's ever said that about a politician. But theoretically, it could be possible. Now, I don't think that's the case. I think he's very scary and doesn't seem to have the temperament. It looks like he would make a bunch of bad decisions and possibly really bad ones is one thing people are worried about. However, that just shows you how serious it is that people are sick of what exists now. Yeah, that's true. And possibly it is a way to move forward even through what might be a disastrous four years. I mean, we could we could have a disastrous four years with devastating consequences, and that can still be progress. But real quick, you know just, I mean? just how much control does the president have? He can't just do that's whatever he wants to do. I mean, well, this would be a good experiment in that yeah, too. But what I'm saying is, we, that's right. But that's my point. It's that, a pretty risky one. No, it's very risky, but sometimes things have to be burnt to the ground or something crazy has to happen and then good stuff comes out of that. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you want something bad to happen. But if it's going it's possible that things have to go off the rails to cause change. Yeah. So it might cause it might have to be this, then a terrible four years with disastrous consequences, and then on the other side of that, in eight, twelve, and sixteen years, we've learned some things as a culture. We've both the politics and the the parties are have changed and the way we elect yeah. people have changed and the way we look at the presidency may have changed in 12 years as a result of a you know knee jerk reaction away from politicians into Donald Trump into a bad presence <laughs> presidency into growth and change and reform just, in the long term just, i mean that's certainly a possibility just how much does a power does a president have first up to try donald trump <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though all right it's funny first of all oh you're pissed man you're just highly pissed no, first of all i didn't even get to say talk about being a lead singer the guitar player of a of a rock band got to talk about what it's like to be a, a i'm trying to get singer. you back secondly i think y'all are falling into the, to the trap and i'm just gonna set it straight like like even uh shane claiborne our good friend who i can't wait till he comes back he always does a good job when he comes on here he is very concerned i don't know if y'all saw it on facebook he wrote this big thing where he will give away free books to anybody considering uh thinking about voting for trump he wants he says uh 
he'll they'll give him a free book, and all he wants to do is talk to him on the phone for a second and pray with him, and then he'll give him a free book. And he said, oh, <laughs> "That sounds horrible." And, and he says uh, that Trump is insulted women, folks with disabilities, immigrants, and Muslims. He said that he could walk in the middle of Fifth Avenue in New York City and shoot someone and still win the election without judging Mr. Trump. The fragrance of his message just doesn't smell like Jesus. He called the Pope disgraceful and has now been endorsed by the former leader of the KKK, David Duke. One starts to wonder, uh, aren't the priorities of Jesus radically at odds with those of the KKK? I think that you guys and Shane and probably every, almost everybody I talk to, well, a lot of free-thinking, open-minded people, <laughs> not the conservative right here on the uh, in South Carolina, have fallen into a trap of thinking like Trump's this really bad guy and we got to take this hard stand because it's really scary. I think they're all terrible. I don't I don't really think Trump's any worse than anybody. Like if it's Hillary, if it's Bernie, if it's Trump, if it's Cruz, if it's whatever, I literally think because of that power thing, there isn't really much they can do. And they're just a uh, a showpiece that that, that comes. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's, that's a that good companies put on there. And here's the only thing. I don't think Trump will be a, a, a great president. I don't think any of them will be. This, it's really bad. Like we don't really have anybody good that is running that it, that you could really believe in. Bernie may be the most honest, and I can't agree with his policies. I don't think his policies will work. It is very socialist, which we need some socialism. We have socialism now with a lot of the things that we have, but I still think that that cannot work financially, and it will end up taxing people like the middle class, which is you know, and even poor. And I don't think his plans realize that. But the only thing I can say about Trump is I think his ego is so big that he truly, more than any other president in the world, will want to go down as the greatest president ever. So he literally might do more or try to do more <laughs> than any other president <laughs> in the history of the world. Like, he might literally build a giant wall with Trump written on it or what, uh, use his own money or whatever it might be. Like, Who knows? Like, literally, he might do whatever. He, he might try something. I don't. You're just saying, yeah, he'll do something. I mean, this, we're looking for something different, and we don't know what we're going to get. But, yeah, maybe he'll do things way outside right. the boundaries of what but you've I ever seen I don't think we before. should be so scared that if Trump's president, all of a sudden it's the end. I think it's probably the end anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it's not like. it's not like That may be I true. mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I think Obama's chill and cool and uh, funny and neat, and I really like how relaxed he is as our president and th he doesn't sweat mm -hmm. things as much. That's a really, really nice characteristic. Do I think he is that powerful and a lot of things are just companies probably manipulating super PACs and all this money that's behind it? Yeah, that's what I think. But do you, Well, we do, do know you, he has some power, like, for instance, is in control of the army. He could make demand, you know, there, he's sure. got his finger on the red button and the red telephone, whatever that is. That's something for a man that gets that escalated in a debate you know that's something you think it's, to be concerned that's true. about do you think it's possible because i i do actually lean a little more towards what toby's saying but do you think that is because toby you and i we love our country we love living in america but we've kind of given up on our country where someone like shayborn sean shayborn sean uh shane claiborne actually is just like no there's hope like yeah. if we could just get the right person, we could start. Yeah, change. Shane is actually talking from real. He he is really concerned. Mm -hmm. Like I believe it, and they, he might even have some. He might be right. I mean, but I think you could write that same email and give his book away if you're going to vote for any of them. Like that's, that, that's, that's the real right. problem. It's not just Trump. Well, like disgracing this, women. Let's talk about JFK. Oh, I mean, great well, president, right. but he well, let's talk about women. Bill Clinton, right? <laughs> who who was our president? Who did you know? Who did some really, really good, good things? And, and then, then all also, the things that all the presidents we don't right. know what they did with women. You know, right? Right. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stories about. For, yeah, like you say that JFK thing. Like he did some incredibly bad things right. that that were reported and I've heard that were just really crazy. Like certainly worse than what you would know about. 
Trump or Obama if that, that it was done today. And uh, it's, it's almost like it's worse to say sexist stuff than to do immoral sexual things right. today. Is the, is like if you said something that was perceived as sexist as a comment or commentary, that's almost the worst thing you could do versus cheating on your wife, which I think Donald Trump's probably done anyway. But, <laughs> sure, you know, no, but no. It's, it's, of course, the, not. the fact that the fact that somebody you know had had an affair or gotten divorced or any you know things like that are not as bad as you know a, a, a bad position politically or socially on on a sexist issue. But I'll take is I'll respond to Shane Claiborne in saying that. Much like the plumber, much like yield trusted plumber that comes to your house and you want him to fix a pipe, Dan the plumber, you don't care, as Toby's pointed out many times, I don't care particularly about that man's faith. Yeah. I do want the best plumber, regardless of his religious right. beliefs or background. I think most of the, the anti-Trump stuff on the right, I mean, you see an unbelievable amount of it, and it's geared at the fact that he's not like Jesus or he's not Christian or he, all those things. And I would just have to say... Maybe that doesn't matter. I mean, wh- why? Maybe it's fine if the president was not a Christian. Like, if this job is to be a effective person economically, or even socially, or even those things, it does. It's not a prerequisite to be a Christian, in my opinion. I, I would agree. take the best equipped person, totally. which I'm not suggesting is Donald Trump. However, it might be a red herring or so to say that the reason that he wouldn't be a good president is because of his. Um, not like Jesus. Well, it's, I don't it's, know that that's necessarily. It's a such a double standard anyway, because Mitt Romney just four years ago was the Christian candidate. So I don't think and Christians care much about people's well, faith. Yeah, I mean, those same I don't Christians know if Jesus would care that much about Mormonism Caesar. Was a cult. You know, you know right. what I mean? Like ten years ago, they would say Mormonism is a cult, and now they're totally going to vote for him because he's moral or. Mormonism has been become more accepted and less. Here's the thing that's interesting to me, though, too. If you're going to talk about Trump, the truth is he's saying it all to the cameras, right to your face. So at the very least, you have to say he's not hiding anything. The other people are all hiding shit. And then it made me really think about, imagine if Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff had been around like with Millard Fillmore or Martin Van Buren. Like what kind of sick fucks are those dudes? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) what, what would they have said or what would they have done? Like, it's not like, I mean, right now, the truth is, honestly, Something that is a little bit refreshing. I'm not voting for Trump. That's not what I'm saying. I, don't, I probably think most people shouldn't vote for any of them. But if you're going to vote, vote how you feel. But I do think, like, at the very least, he's looking at the camera, and you see what he's like. You see that, and he is the Donald. The, you know what I mean? Like, yep. he is the Donald. That's who he is. He's, no holds barred. And it could be terrible. At, but, I mean, at least you're getting that in this day and age mm-hmm. to have somebody that's seemingly more authentic than the other bullshitters. That's that's well, what's crazy. I agree with that totally, except for I do think he's deceptive oh, yes. and tells lies. Uh, of no, course. no, no, no. So yes. it's not it's not because he's honest, but right. you are you are getting you kind of do actually understand his character. Whereas with the other, you know, typical typically politicians' character is a thing that's right. Guarded but what I'm saying is, you think right. of Donald Trump, you think ruthless businessman, <laughs> right? Yeah. You don't think absolutely uh, a, obvious, a guy yeah. that goes to church and really can't right. like so all that stuff you can see through immediately that he knows. Se- Two Corinthians or whatever. Well, he's, it might he's be, but. playing it. He's playing it really well, right. and so I think there's a good chance. Like I've, I said that on a previous episode, I don't think he necessarily believes his extreme policies or oh, stances. Yeah, They're just to have effect, and he's probably just going to continue to change them. So I think this is yes. a prediction, but I bet he get if he gets the nomination or gets it. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not. I don't know what the polls are, but if he gets the nomination, I believe when it's time to go against Hillary is just going to completely change. Yeah. Like he's going to swing hugely 
over to like, well, right. you know, to like more nice guy stuff. And I think they're going to really figure out a way. He's going to be really effective at making Hillary look really bad. Yep. Those are the two things he'll focus right. on. Is but will he? Will he totally not? He'll stop catering to the ultra conservative. I hate Muslims. That'll get real quiet real fast once he gets the nomination. And then he'll focus on tearing down Hillary and then right. seeming more moderate. And he's a master of that. Will he be effective in tearing down Hillary without coming across as a bully and or probably because that's probably be because she's got she probably because she's done a bad job of that and she's the opposite of him in that she's not likable or trust you know, right. whatever it is not she's not charismatic and he is that's what i, I mean say. she's gonna be the Trustworthy. first, he's first near woman it, running for president i think I mean, she's gonna win no matter what you think she'll win at all yeah but i wouldn't be a bit surprised if donald trump is our president soon and i actually part of wouldn't me be surprised how either. hilarious and what if it does destroy america it'll be hurt it'll be <laughs> it awful might. uh like I, I was talking <laughs> to somebody the other day it was really interesting i was talking to ted and he was saying part of him longs for it a little bit that right. it would all end and he said some people won't make it and it might be really bad and all this stuff, but <laughs> years from now it'll be better. Like there, That's what there I was needs to be before. some yeah, failure. To so it hurts something. real bad. And everybody goes, we can't do that again. Good Lord. So failure isn't the worst thing in the whole world. Now I know a lot of Americans would say, we don't want America to fail. You don't want to be under Putin's reign or whatever, like North Korea or whatever. It might, I, I understand that totally. I'm not, I, I truly don't long for the end of America. It's giving me every opportunity in the world. What I'm saying is, we need to feel some pain so people stand up and do something. That is what I, I is honorable about what Shane Claiborne wrote uh-huh. is that he really wants to feel some pain. I won't make any money off my book and feed my family. I'll take some some hits here that's and give right. you stuff because I really believe in it. And that's Quite what's interesting. cool. I agree. That's what's yeah. cool. And I, but what's but sad me to me another, is that I don't think it'll do anything. No, nah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I remember the movie Idiocracy. I think we talked about it recently yeah. where they yeah. say the president of the United States and it's, it's Terry Crews. Yeah, I know. Like, he's, a, he's a wrestler. <laughs> it's the best. That is the best. In fact, could, I don't I can't do it type and talk at the same time, but can you look up his name? President I know his Camacho. middle name is yeah. Camacho. Yeah, but his middle name is something, something, something Mountain Dew Camacho. Yeah, yeah, his middle look name up his sponsor. name. It's the funniest. That Just his name alone what, is so funny. What's really funny is, is I was looking up, I was going to download a movie for our plane flight, and Idiocracy is like in the top 30 of, of it's gotta rent, be killing, rented yeah. movies right now. Oh, <laughs> is that on iTunes? Because it keeps getting yeah. referenced. They, they yeah. just had it for like three ninety nine. Oh, man. That's what, I, I mean, just, I, they did that on purpose, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that is what, what doing. Apple's doing. It's like, hey, Donald Trump is Camacho. I mean, it, <laughs> well, it will be entertaining. It'll be a nightmare of it entertainment. Is. I'm loving it. I'm not, I don't care about the politics. I am getting pure entertainment out of it. But I want to say one more yeah, thing to Shane Claiborne thing, the though. State of the Union that he, yeah. think, think about this for one second, though. The idea that keep, I think it might be a little bit weird that people keep trying to compare him, say, is he like Jesus? Is he like Jesus? Is he like Jesus? But from my point of view, if Jesus was here on earth, I'm not so sure that he would be concerned about right. the presidential race. Yeah. That's what, so if you really want to talk about what would Jesus like, Jesus was like, not on Facebook talking about political candidates. I don't know that Jesus cared about Caesar. He just said, yeah, whatever. What do you expect Caesar to be? I don't know. Yeah. That's Jesus's point of view. So saying we need to make Trump or elect leaders like Jesus isn't, that's kind of not the message I'm getting from the Bible. The Bible's saying render to Caesar what is Caesar's. And maybe I'm botching that interpretation, I but that I don't see Jesus as caring about it a ton in that, in that way. Yeah. I mean, Jesus was focused on his kingdom, which is what our leaning should be on. Uh, I agree. Pre- is President Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho? <laughs> <laughs> That's just brilliant in itself. Just the name. That, uh, the Mike character. Judge is just the greatest. It's the best. Anyway, yeah, all right, let's I take agree. a break here. Yeah, Toby, let's do take a break. I'm good with that. Let's. We're gonna get Mikey Bridges on the phone. Mikey Bridges from 
he started Tom Fest that we went to back. You remember that? Oh, going to Tom I Fest? loved it. It was kick-ass. Joey, what band was Mike in? Tell him. Sometime Sunday from Tooth and Nail. Okay, one of the first bands. And now he does Game Church. Anyway, we'll be right back with Mikey Bridges. Guys, there's two things I love. Food and sex. Yes. yes. And when it comes to food, one of my favorite places to get it is Nature Box. Definitely. I, I just can't say enough good things about Nature Box. What's really cool, too, is a lot of our listeners are going to Nature Box, too. Yeah, I, I, we hear so many comments of people that are just bought in and really are enjoying their products and their food. It's just great to be able to get healthy snacks delivered right to your door. It's unbelievable. I mean, there are so many awesome, healthy options on their site. You don't have to go to the silly grocery store and try and find something and look at the back of all, all these different products that they're just trying to sell you. You know that you can trust NatureBox, and the things that they deliver mm -hmm. to your door are going to taste just as delicious as they are healthy for yeah, you, you and know good those, for you. You know those brownie bite things oh, that you gosh. get at those grocery stores and stuff like that? Like, they're sitting there at the workplace, and you're tempted to typically, before knowing nature box you'd be tempted to eat those things but you know what's going to happen you're going to feel sluggish you're going to feel tired it's just not going to feel good having nature box around you don't have that temptation mm -hmm. anymore because it's just like i actually have a bag of snacks that taste better than that and i'm not totally. going to feel bad yeah. what's really cool is it works for any diet too like the a danger place for me is the workplace like right. our office totally. at a church people are always bringing by they want us fat, cookies man. cakes cupcakes yeah they want they want their pastor healthy <laughs> healthy if you know what i mean a little a little on the bigger side but I am able to resist those those treats because I have and bring with me my nature box. Yeah. I'll bring something awesome, and it is so good and healthy for me, and I can resist those temptations that are not good and always feel terrible after eating. What snacks way. do y'all like? Well, with my with my diet right now, that, this is what's so cool about nature boxes. Sure, I'm on a diet, but yo, I've got a lot of, of options like the jalapeno cashews. Oh, it's so good. unbelievable! The roasted Bavarian corn kernels. Uh, I mm -hmm. think I said that right. Unbelievable. I mean, some of these, you know, are, it's just you put it in your mouth. It's like a totally unique flavor. You never had it before because they've got, what is it, over 100 different things to choose from. Yeah. So, a lot it's of unique great. concoctions by Nature Box. Coconut cashews, honeycomb sunflower kernels. Uh, Matt, you said one of your favorites is the sriracha cashew crunch. Yeah. Right? I mean, all the nut stuff is good. It's good on protein and more in fat and less about the carbs and stuff like that. So, yeah, I do. But Nature Box, I mean, they believe you shouldn't eat. You shouldn't be eating something you don't like. So find if you find a snack you don't like, they'll replace your next box for free. You can't do that with yeah. anything else. So go to naturebox.com slash badchristian right now and get 50% off your first box of delicious and unique snacks without any of the junk. That's naturebox.com slash badchristian for 50% off your first box of the best tasting snacks in the world. Where am I? Yeah. Physically located? Yeah, what, what city are you in? I'm in Ventura, California, about 45 minutes north of LA. I love Ventura. It's like the it's like the best weather for real in the country, isn't it? It's kind of stupid. It's like I remember doing I remember doing warp tour there, and it's just like the middle yeah. of the summer. It's hot in LA, but it's still nice, like in LA compared to the rest of the country, really. And then you just go up an hour, yeah, you know, and you're in this just I don't know. It's amazing. It's just perfectly. It, in the summertime, perfectly nice and mild and, you know, a little bit humid and breezy. And it's just amazing. That's what they, I think that they, I don't know that work tour is coming this year for some, there was some kind of weird thing, but everybody likes mm -hmm. that stop because it's, you know, on the ocean. Yeah, and it's the best. And stuff, so it's a cool place. Born and raised, man. I love it. I want to die here. Were you, nice. were you always down there or were you living up here when no. you were doing Tom Fest? You were up in I Washington did. or Portland. Oregon? 
Yeah, in Portland, yeah. yeah. I lived there for 14 years, so I just came back home. Got it. So, Mikey, I represent like 10% of our listeners that want to hear a little bit about Sometime Sunday, because that's how I know you as. How'd you get hooked up with Tooth and Nail? Don't give us a super long version, but I do have a couple of questions that I'm dying to ask. <laughs> Why don't you just ask the questions? Yeah, just get to it. You know, yeah. they, they hey, 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 <laughs> hey. I like the way he thinks, Joey. We might have to. Are you ever, are you, you ever doing any interviewing with Mike? <laughs> we went, no. we were at Cornerstone. The quick thing was we were at Cornerstone and we got to play the new band showcase and Brandon was there and we had mutual friends because Portland and all that stuff. And his family lived there and, and we got to talking and, and he had not yet started tooth and nail. It was yeah. kind of an idea. He was still at frontline or whatever. And he's like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to start a label and I want you guys to be on it. And we did. And, um, one of the guys from the prayer chain, if you guys remember that guy, uh, yeah. those guys, yeah. uh, well, Andy Prickett, uh, signed on to produce those. And so we made some records. Awesome. You know, I, when I was a kid, so I was in high school when Stone came out and I used to tell people, I, I, I don't know if y'all remember the list they used to have at family Christian stores, but they would have a list of the secular bands. And if you like these secular bands, then here are the Christian bands you have to listen to. And my parents wouldn't let me listen to secular music. So I used to go around saying, guys, sometime Sunday is just such a blessing to me because now I can listen to grunge. <laughs> That was pretty much what I told people. Like it was my answer to the grunge scene. Hey, but one thing that is super interesting and I want to know kind of what was your rationale is you, you guys recorded all your stuff live, correct? For the most part. Yeah. Like were y'all just shooting for like a crazy rawness? I mean, cause it sounded cool, but like you have one guy playing a lead guitar and you know, there's no rhythm and guitar going on in the background. So it's just kind of a, a neat feel. I think we just wanted the sound that we got in our band room because we liked our band room. So um, guys came in for our first demo and they recorded us live in this other room. It was a mobile deal for this yeah. demo we made. And then when it was time to go uh, record, I mean, Tooth & Nail didn't have the biggest budgets for you know recording stuff. So we got in and got out. So the best thing to do is practice the shit out of something and get in there yeah. and get out. So... It was more necessity, I think, because of money than it was us going, wow, we really like this sound. But I mean, there there were some overdubs and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we cheated a little bit, but yeah, for most part, there was, you know, there's only three of them playing music. So I just had to not be the weakest link. Yeah. So, all right. So speaking of shit, um, were you even aware of the ruckus that you guys started with? I think it was at the end of one of y'all's album, there was like 30 minutes of talking in the, uh, I, I don't know what it was, but basically I guess the, the true sometimes Sunday fans would listen to the 30 minutes of extra and it just got, uh, it wasn't the internet, but I don't know how everybody heard about it. But it was just like, those guys said shit. Did you know that they said shit? If you listen to the whole record, 30 minutes at the end, one of them says shit. Did y'all even know that was going on? That were y'all getting flack from that from people? Totally. It actually wasn't even the word shit. It was the word ass. <laughs> and uh, so we were really dark and I didn't want people to think that I was just, you know, this brooding guy that walked around all dark all the time. So we decided to do funny stuff. You have what, 72 minutes on a CD That's right. and no one uses it. So why not just use it up? It's you're going to manufacture it anyways. 
So we just dicked around a bunch. And one of the, we did all the, all the studio chatter. We left that on there and the jokes and everything mess ups, kind of like a gag reel. And yeah. my drummer stopped playing a song and he goes, man, that was a pain in the ass to play. And that was the end of that band. Literally, <laughs> literally, that was the end of the band. No way. We, oh yeah, we got blacklisted in every Christian bookstore, radio station. We had guys calling us. They had to reprint the records without that on there. <laughs> and even that didn't do it because we were we were backslidden Christians then. So uh, So did uh did Brandon get pissed or irritated? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really exciting to me to hear that because that sounds so backwards and prehistoric and like even compared <laughs> to where we're at right now, it it's like you know, we like to talk about stuff, be trying to put people loosen up. There's that, but it's unbelievable what we all and you and everybody can do. The freedom we have now, what we can get away with, and I mean, I really attribute it to boundary pushing like that from the get go. And so, to me, I, I'm just thinking that sounds like something from 70 years ago, and it was. That's I crazy. Mean, it was 15. It was 20 years ago, or at the most. And it's to see how much has changed is very, very hopeful. Well. All of us imagine if podcasting was around back then and Mikey said dicking around shit ass. I mean, people would be losing their minds right now. And and honestly, I guarantee you back in 1996, you're relatively the same person you are right now. It's just nobody knew that because they were just listening to you sing songs about God. And everybody you know? else was pretending. So whatever. But Right, exactly. It, but I'm just saying that the fact so that it can crazy. change that much is very, very encouraging to me. And even the people that think, oh, that's too far. I'm not there. Almost anybody would see what he just described as that would end a band if a drummer were to say something and other people were to know it. But anybody would see that as regressive these days. Almost even conservative and fundamentalists would almost not really think that made sense today to end a band because of that. So I'm, I'm, that's awesome. We didn't end the band on for our choice. We yeah. wanted to keep going, but right. because you know you you have but, no audience exactly. anymore, you're exactly. you're a pariah. I mean, that was it. You just couldn't play in churches or anything wherever y'all were. It's a scapegoat. That's all it is. Like we yeah. found the bad people and we got rid of them. I mean, that's right. all. That's all it represents. Like if that would have happened now, you'd actually be able to go on the internet and the non Christians would just embrace you and you get to play probably other clubs and stuff like that. But it's really funny too thinking back to that time because what's strange is how forgiving uh those same christians would were to like pastors that cheated or sandy patty like, yeah yeah or I sandy patty yeah, you know what i mean like they like <laughs> jimmy swaggart or something uh, he did ask for forgiveness he cried well, welcome him back and then they got to go right back yeah. but a rock band <laughs> said pain in the ass which every single person almost on earth is said in some <laughs> language like you guys, that was it. Shut down. <laughs> Listen to this. I, I used to work at Family Christian Store, and uh, there was a POD album, and they did the same sort of messing around thing at the end of a song. And one of the guys had uh, some sort of uh, a foreign dialect or something, and he actually said, he said, oh, you forgot. And so this guy comes up to me and says, hey, man, this is ridiculous. He's like, you guys are carrying CDs with the F word in it. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so he takes me to, you know, you can listen to CDs at family Christian store. And he says, listen to this right now, listen to it. And I listened to it and I was like, gosh, it does sounds like the guy's saying you fuck up. And so I listened to it like probably five or six times. And finally just like, no, 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 no. I was like, he, this guy is foreign. And he's saying, you forgot, you forgot. And I said, listen to it again. I'm telling you, he says you, and then I just went about my business. I was just like, I have to put out little fires about people freaking out over words. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, but Mike, you ever look back and say, damn it, I wish I was just hooked up with chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been like, I'd have been like Dave Grohl of the Christian world now. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm with Matt though. Like I do see the progress now because yeah. you know tattoos. You, you'd never see that on a pastor, and now they're everywhere. Everything those things are just falling by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Which now we can get to the heart of the matter, which is for me, what does faith look like uh, minus all this bullshit that we're we're arguing about? Which is great. I love that we're in that space at least mm-hmm. now. We can now have those conversations. Whereas before, there's no way we used to smoke cigarettes. Like we would walk a mile to smoke a cigarette away from everybody. <laughs> yeah. We got caught a couple of times and got blacklisted just from smoking a cigarette. It's just, yeah. it was crazy, man. We, I just feel like, uh, just like the guys before us, there was some trail blazing. There was some, we were cutting some trail on some new stuff and I'm glad that happened. Yeah. Do you look back on that time, think, may, and I don't, I don't know if I want to use the word conviction, but do you feel like, man, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have walked a mile to smoke a cigarette. I should have just smoked a cigarette. Like, like, do you think back on that time thinking you should have been a little more bold or that was just the time? I shouldn't have been in a Christian band. I shouldn't have done Christian music festivals. I shouldn't right. have done Christian shows. Like I, I look back and go, oh crap, I did all of that wrong. Yeah. But What's wrong with it? God, God can use anything. So what was wrong with it? I think that I was perpetuating that monster mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Exactly. So in doing that, I, I, you know, I meant good things and I think some good things came out of it. But for the most part, I look back and go, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. Like you're I, saying, what you're saying here is the whole Christian music industry is, is, is a monster or a beast. You're saying in a way that is, is negative or detrimental. If there is one anymore. Yeah. But back then it wasn't just that it was just Christianity on a whole. Am I perpetuating what I'm hating now? Uh-huh. And wanting to get past all this stuff so that we can talk about, like, I, I, why not just do a festival? Why not just do bands? Why not just not, not put that? I put a Christian label on my festival and my bands and stuff like that because I thought I was doing something different than mainstream Christian was. Right. Tom Fest was, we had no contemporary bands. You weren't allowed, mm-hmm. I was not allowing those guys. It was all new and weird and punk rock and all that stuff. So, But I mean, that stuff was really beneficial in a way. And I'll identify Tom Fest as a very, I mean, again, maybe I can even identify where you're coming from, that the whole thing is a bit goofy and maybe borderline good to, to discuss not being a part of it in any way, which I'd like to discuss. But Tom Fest was a festival that they did in, uh, what was the name of the, ta- what would you call that? And it was on Stevenson, Stevenson, yeah, Washington. Stevenson, Washington, just on the side of the Columbia river on the, the, the uh, Washington, Oregon border. And it was awesome. I mean, we knew about Cornerstone. There was Cornerstone yeah. and everything, but on the West coast, there was this Tom fest and it was bands from all over. Um, it was smaller than Cornerstone. I don't know if it, what relation it had to it, but it was awesome. It was, we, we were there some of our first, uh, the first fans we ever had, some of the first breaks we ever had, some of the first good stuff we ever did was we got on this festival, Tom Fest, and did it for two or three years. And it was a beautiful mistake and number one gun and all these bands before they were really hardly anything, just barely. But it felt like a big deal. And there was a ton of people there. And it was uh, it was a ton of really good bands. And it was a very independent thing. And it was not like anything. It didn't resemble Christian festivals really in any way. Although you kind of knew everybody there was, you know, shared a worldview so it was very cool so i don't think back about that negatively that was like one of the most fun festivals we've ever done for sure yeah it's it was fun for me too and at the time it was the best thing i knew how to do and and we did it and just but just with the bit like the bands and the promoting shows and then the festival and all that kind of stuff i did i look back now and go did i 
help people pull themselves out of what they know, or did I cement them into mm-hmm. this American Christianity that we're all familiar with, you know? And hopefully I didn't do so much of the cementing in than I did uh, maybe uh, helping people to think a little bit different. Well, to me, all that's about just mind expanding. Like you go, oh, you can have a festival that's not this, it's this. So to me, I I do see value there. But the weird part about it, I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to ask you about it anyway, is is there some layer to that that people like you and— Clearly, everything we do has is tied to Christianity, but is some layer of that because we know it's like a brand identifier or a slightly easier path. Like, well, people will know that they can listen to us because we're Christian, which when taken to its extreme is really insidious and, and yuck. But on some level, if we play a Christian festival or have a bad Christian podcast or a gamer church, it seems like on some some level, I'm afraid we're participating by just letting at least signaling Christianity to help our creative endeavors. Do you feel that way at all? Uh, maybe a little bit. I I think that in my age, I've gone from, you know, being that Christian kid that grew up in church and did all that kind of stuff, never really fit in, always on the fringe, brought the wrong music to youth group, got kicked out, <laughs> smoking cigarettes, drinking, you know, wine coolers in the parking lot and, you know, fucking around as a kid. Like that's mm-hmm. what we were doing. And did you bring Bon Jovi to youth group? No. (laughs) And I also didn't bring like Michael W. Smith and all that crap. But uh, coming from that and then, you know, trying to figure out where I fit because I didn't. uh, And how do I use the vehicles that I'm creating to um, push people to to deconstruct what they think about their their faith and do a little study and move away from the American Christianity into the teaching of Jesus and studying it in context, that that uh, has been a long journey for me. But as I've done things, I look back and go, crap, did I did I do something wrong here? Did I, do I see some good in it? Absolutely. Is church good? Yes, it is. It's a safe place for us to be and learn and be around people. I, I, I totally dig it. I'm a big part, big proponent of that. So could the festival have been like a church? Maybe uh, did people, um, were people able to be themselves instead of put on something different than they would walking through the doors of a church? Sure. But at the end of it, I'm, I'm wondering, what are we doing? Like game church, what am I doing? So I, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm asking. So what's different now with game church? Like what was, what, how now with those lessons, what are you doing differently with game church? Yeah, and what is Game Church, too, just for everybody out there? So Game Church is a new thing I've been doing for the last four years. It kind of dropped in my lap. Uh, We uh, go—it's called Game Church, GameChurch.com. We go to all video game conventions and Comic-Cons and those kind of uh, uh, events. We have a booth. We have very irreverent graphics. We have Jesus, the iconic— American Jesus with a game controller in his hand and a headset on. Um, and we have a booth, we have a lot of free stuff. And it's our basic thing is Jesus loves you. Here's free crap, you can have it. One of those free things that we have is a, a repurposed gospel of John. There's commentaries from video gamers in it. And so it's a little pocket deal. We got the idea from triple X church. They're basically mm-hmm. our sister organization. And uh, we do the same thing they do, but we do it in video games. But my thing with that was I'm going to them. I see. 
they're not coming to me. Yeah. You're not and marketing to Christians to sell to Christians, for instance. I, I'm I'm going out into a very non-Christian environment, mm-hmm. plopping down my little thing and, and participating in something they're doing instead of, hey, everybody, come to my Christian show at my church. Hey, everybody, come to my Christian show, you know, at this fairgrounds. Hey, come see my Christian band at this Christian whatever. Going out, being, it's the difference between playing a bar and playing a church. Mm-hmm. I'd rather play a bar. Got now, it. where's the money? The church, sure. But, you know, I'd rather get to people that are, taken aback by what I'm doing, or they don't understand, or they, we get in conversations with people that are like, I've never known Christians like this, blah, blah, blah. You guys, I mean, your podcast is, is the same kind of thing. You know, people are, there's a ton of non-Christians listening to your podcast too. The name is something that draws you in. You're like, what, you know, what the hell are those guys doing? So they're going to listen. And I, and I, I love that. That's exactly what I think we should be doing instead of, I'm going to do another Christian music festival. No offense to those that are doing it. There's a few guys out there that are still doing it. I love them. They're my friends, but I, it's not for me anymore. Shows, same with shows and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to make a, a theory here, and I, I this could be wrong, and I'll even probably sound over-spiritual. Maybe there's like a, a God timing for this sort of thing, but I don't know. That's a big disclaimer. Yeah, Thank make you. sure you cover all your bases before you okay. speak. So I'm going pa- to make a theory. The pastor of my church <laughs> does does not vouch for me here. No. Um, but if podcasting was around back in the mid 90s, I don't think there'd be a place for me, Matt and Toby doing this. I don't think uh, Mikey, <laughs> uh, Mikey, uh, how you were back then, if you were if, if you showed your true colors, I don't think there would have been a place for you because your your lyrics Definitely talk about God, and that's what you were naturally writing. So you didn't fit in with the people that are just like, "Ew, that sounds stupid. That's bullshit. I don't like that." But then the Christians didn't like you because you were saying ass and shit and smoking and stuff. So I don't even know if you were yourself, would you have been able to flourish anywhere? I don't, and maybe that's. I just don't know. Well, it's hilarious too that like that was that was got their band ended if if like just picturing you back in like 2001 smoking a cigarette going ass <laughs> shit that's, that's really not that bad even I know. even for then but that's what i'm wait, saying but so, what was the controversial theory that joey was floating yeah what's the I theory so, I didn't so, catch so, it. so my theory if podcast is existed in the 90s we couldn't have done it <laughs> so so my theory is I don't think someone like like mikey could have been completely himself and be heard. Nobody who would like listen to him. Church, not in that church, arena. Correct. Not not with something like that. But I mean, I think people find a, a missionary. Uh, one of the my yeah. favorite things to do is go sit in a bar and uh, in Europe. Yeah, just sit there for a minute. I promise you, somebody will come up to you. I mean, there's yeah, there's yeah. ways. I I wish what I really wish I would have had was a very um, forward thinking mentor. Cause yeah. I was just wild. Yeah. Like I didn't give a shit. Like I just, I love Jesus. I have a different story about him. I have a story. I think that's compelling. I would like to share that story. I will share that story after I'm asked to share that story. Yeah. And that, that works great when you're just out and you have no agenda. So I think I would probably would have grab gravitated towards that and being something like that. Then I, I wouldn't have found it in music for sure or, or any of that. I mean, I, I was into Christian music from when 
most people were saying this Christian music is satanic and bad. And, you know, the first bands that come out of Orange County and do this alternative thing and underground. And you heard words like that all the time. And uh, so I was just a huge fan and it was natural for me to move into that musical space. And I'm a, I'm a director. So I love putting shows on. I like the puzzle to it. So it was just natural for, to me, for me, if I would have had a mentor to, to walk me down a different path, that would have been great. But I just, it, they just never materialized. That is so interesting that you say that. I, I have never thought about that. And I, that is a, I just want to stay here for a minute. Cause I really like that you said that I, I don't, I've never put it in those terms. So for me, well, you're mentoring me right now, my friend, but, uh, that, what a, that is a really great thought, a forward thinking mentor. Who was that? Or who were those guys back then? I'm sure they existed, but you're right. Like, where were they? Well, the (laughs) the same thing is what's interesting about what you're saying is like, you're like, I always thought it was kind of one of the things I've had, I don't guess I have that much guilt about it, but I've, I've always (laughs) thought, what if like, uh, all the early bands on tooth and nail, could have came out about five years later. I, I felt like they would all have been giant. Like they could have really like the the some of the boundaries that the, some of those bands were pushing musically were awesome. They yeah. they would have been respected. I mean I mean I remember like Juliana Theory. I thought they were just they could have easily if they'd have came out about two years later, they would have been like Taking Back Sunday or you know or, or something like that. But anyway, that, and I know that was even a little bit after you guys, but um, that is such an interesting thought because. The church used to be really known for its innovation, its creativity within music, and, sure. and trying to push things and and be a part of. And and you're right. Who were the mentors? And then where that leads me to my next question. Maybe that's kind of I've been thinking that too. Like maybe that is something that that we're all doing here. Like you know, with Craig or with Game Church or even with with Bad Christian. I'm not n- necessarily saying uh, that this the people that are coming. Maybe we are, we should be considering ourselves a little bit more like. Uh, taking on that role of two of potentially pushing people and being forward thinking, because I think too, what's going to happen more and more is what is happening. Well, like, okay, take triple X church and then take uh, like game church. What I'm thinking it sounds like more is the, is you're going to see more uh, entrepreneurial church where people are basically starting their own things and it's will be considered church, but it'll be vibrant. And uh, it'll, it'll be, people really with the forward thinking of trying new things and doing things. And it might not be a mega church with 10, 15,000 people, but it'll be a very strong church uh, uh, online and at going out into the world. Like you said, going to these events instead of having people, well, if you come here, you can come to the cool youth event. No, let's get out there and, sh- right. and show people who we are and, and reveal it. But that, that is such a neat idea because I kind of, I've kind of always wondered that myself. Like, am I just a weirdo? I mean, it, there's nobody, should I have just like, even like you talking about maybe some regrets or whatever, like with Tom Fest for me, like, and Matt too, what he was saying, I don't even think you realize like for us, that was the coolest thing we'd ever seen. Like, I mean, seriously, like for, for me you. growing up in South Carolina, oh yeah, we would have never had that. Like when I remember going, I, I heard about Tom Fest first and then people literally in, in, like when we were living in Seattle, were like y'all are playing Tom Fest. Oh my gosh. I, I went there last year. It was like the most fun. Th- and then we got to go and I was like, holy crap, there aren't, this isn't, this isn't Sandy Patty or something. These are bands that I like, and this is really cool. And that for us, that was a little bit of a mentor thing for us. Like you can do this. Like this is possible, right? Yeah. That was what's so cool about that. I, you you probably are short shortchanging yourself a little bit with that because you were doing something that really nobody else is doing, man. They just I appreciate weren't. that. I appreciate it, and I, I do. I get the stories, and I really I think that's awesome. And I don't. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I don't even know 
that went on. There's a Facebook group that just popped up and uh, somebody else started it. And all of a sudden, you know, a thousand people get on this thing and they're sharing photos and all this stuff. And I'm all the connections that are still there and bands. And, you know, it was really cool to know that, you know, something you do, it, it meant so much to a lot of people and they connected and all that kind of stuff. But to go backwards, I think what we're missing, I don't know how old you guys are, but I'm 46 years old. And shame on me if I'm not mentoring some people. Shame on me if I'm not out there actively looking for those guys that were squirrely like me and don't really give a shit and want to want to tell people about their experience with Jesus and yeah. uh, get rid of, getting rid of all the bullshit and all the rules and all that kind of stuff and helping them, challenging them in their thinking to get out there and go and be present not in your church, not in your group, not in your Bible study, not in your home group, none of that shit. Like, get out, go do some, go meet some new people, go drink with them, go hang out with them at a soccer man. I don't know. Just go have yeah. sex. Get with out. Them. I mean, just yeah, sex them up, <laughs> man. Whatever it takes. <laughs> but I do, I, I really felt that for many, many years. Like, I was missing that mentor guy that could have harnessed the energy, I guess. Yeah. I think, I think the problem is it, that, that, that there wasn't, and, and maybe even now that's what sometimes I feel like I war against is there is a real fear of creativity and pushing some boundaries in the Christian world because we know it works and it's safe. Like you said, there, of course, Joey and I work at a church. I was talking to our lead pastor today and I was just, I felt refreshed and I just think this guy's awesome. And I really, really enjoyed it. And then still the feelings of, well, is that it? Is this ch is church? Is this what it is? Like, I feel like God's so creative and so awesome. And I feel like I want that, that next thing. I want that more. And I want to push. I want to push. And I'm, I feel like there isn't that avenue or that avenue is hard to get to even now because of what works, what's on Christian radio, what's in Christian art, what's in Christian media is, is kind of one, a one lane road. And it's just hard to get out of that. And, and that's, that's really true. I've, I never have thought about that. So something's going to stick with me now because that is a, a great point of, of a forward-thinking mentor, like somebody that's like not afraid of crazy young Mikey's energy and excitement, right. and that of course like is okay with hey people are going to mess up. Like that's I think that's the thing. Like in Christianity, we're so scared that oh no you will be seen drinking. It's or you'll, oh no you'll <laughs> drink too much one night. What if he drinks too much? One night or three nights, like yeah, cancel not, it all. I mean, you know, above all, be careful. No matter what, be careful. Right. Just please, I'm begging. I mean, that's what I feel like in almost every church or Christian context. Is the main thing is just be careful. And <laughs> but don't why do they say that? I talked to my kids anything. about this. I, I used to grow up with that all the time. Hey, you know, don't hang out with those guys because they're drinkers. Don't hang out with that. And the opposite is true. Hey, mentor guy, how can you? help me to cement my faith and make it where it is impenetrable so that when I go out there, I'm, right. I'm fine. Oh, how about just right. the notion of inoculation by like being aware and having some familiarity with stuff, you will then be able to handle it like you would yeah. a disease or anything Dude, that's, like that. That's and, my kids. I mean, it's the same way with feet. I'm going to say the same thing's true of, uh, you know, viruses as with fear and as with sin, I mean, all those things are things you can learn how to deal with or get exposed to in a real way and then be able to handle them. So the people that I know um, that are afraid for it, that are that were grew up in families where their parents were terrified for them, they didn't learn a lot of right. stuff 
because that's it. parenting. So that's that's a parenting way. The church yep. does the same thing, and then yep. you know, of course, anti-vaxxers screw them too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. I do hope and pray that we have some loud voices out there that are cutting new trail and flipping some tables over because, I mean, we're still believing some things as Christians that are completely untrue, but we're believing them because they're part of our lineage here in the United States. And we've got to, we have to ask the questions. We've got to study in context. And what's one or two? The rapture. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. We shouldn't open that can up. No, I, 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 right there is just interesting. We don't even have to go into it. What's, what's another one? I really hate when people tell me to turn the other cheek. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you still not understand that story? Do you still not understand that right. what they were doing back then? Have you still not gone backwards into who they were, what they looked like, what they smelled like? We we have their buildings. We know, we know all this stuff. We have all this knowledge. So don't don't try to take that and apply it to me. Now, I mean, you guys know all this stuff. Like I'm just I'm that guy. I, well, I want to do it's, everything it's that does I mean, do. it's a punk mentality, is it not? Maybe. Yeah. Mikey, a lot of people that grew up like you grew up, they, they no longer claim Christ. So what, why, why you like what, what happened in your life to where you're just like, nah, I mean, I can't get away from this. It's still yeah, real. It's really interesting that you still are a Christian. Cause we run across so many bands that were Christian bands and they are gone, boy. They ain't coming back. <laughs> hey guys, I, I don't, again, I don't know how old you are. Well, you said you were in high school. We're, we're late thirties, early forties, pretty much. So, I mean, I'm in the same boat. Like I always ask that question, like, where do you guys go? Like everybody's taken off. What, what is going on that, that, how come I'm here? Right. Cause I think all of you, I hate Christians. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's something to do with the dealing, like you were dealing with it outwardly the whole time though. Like your resistance was evident. You're, you're, you know, the things you were dealing with appropriately. If you suppress everything and say you have to toe the party line for 10 years, I mean, that's going to have more destructive effects on a person. If it's not with the way they're really feeling, if they're not really expressing themselves when you have done that. And I think that's something that I at least try to do is I want people to understand the worst things about my faith or my life, because then at least there's no surprise or I'm not pretending. And then it's not repressed or suppressed in a way that's going to come out some other weird way. So I'm, I'm kind of screwed up, but hopefully the amount that can be dealt with and people can see, but you're doing something. So, so I'm more likely to hang around as a result because I can deal it can be dealt with. Well, you guys are doing three things, right? You're doing the podcast, which is, you know, uh, popular and all that stuff, the band thing, and mm-hmm. then working at churches and doing jobs and stuff. I mean, there's a lot that you guys are doing to cut trail on that. And I, I, I absolutely uh, salute all that stuff. I think it's fantastic. I don't know, like, I really, really don't know, except that I know one thing. I'm an asshole, but Jesus, for some reason, has connected himself to me, and I don't know why, and I don't know, I could never run fast enough or hard enough to get away, and I tried many times, and for some reason, I just, it's not for a paycheck, it's not because it makes my life better saying that I'm a Christian, it makes Mm -hmm. my life better being a Christian, but saying it, 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 I get crapped on left and right. People either think, uh, well, anyways, it doesn't matter. But uh, I just had a connection to him. Like I, my mom raised me to have a relationship with Jesus, not a church 
thing, not a religion thing. Not She just wanted me to know that he was there. Yeah. And I got this real dad feeling from him. And guys, everybody calm the hell down. It's dad. It's yeah. dad. What's dad going to do? Yeah. Well, I'm a dad of four kids. I know what I want from my kids, even when I want to choke them. Like I know what I want for them yeah. and I know, and I want to be around them. That's yeah, it. It's fine. How about that? I mean, like what yeah. about that message? It, it's fine. It's yeah. okay. Like, wouldn't Everybody you like to hear down. that from, yeah. from your authority people and your, I mean, don't you like to hear that from your, I heard somebody say that about kids. Like that's the main thing we can tell them is it's okay. You're going to be, that's the biggest message you would want your kids to have. There, is, what do Christians be okay. do with that though? What do it might do? not be okay because watch out is what is what I get from Christianity. It might not be okay get, depending on what you choose next is what uh, what I hear. That's the fear thing. Yeah. My big one is you're going to backslide. Something's yeah, going to happen exactly. to yeah. you. Um, if you do this, then this happens. Fear, 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 fear. And it's this guilt and fear. And uh-uh, I'm just, I don't. Yeah, we get that all the time with with just the 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 name of our podcast are just like man you're giving people a license just to do whatever they want to and we're like that good is just lord fear. worse this thing just <laughs> drives me nuts like i want to punch somebody in the face when i hear this well you're not bringing the whole gospel yeah. <laughs> right you're watering this down you know what bullshit i'm out on the front line you come and be with me you come right. and do it i just went to uh, uh got invited to our first gay gamer convention nice and it was slow and it wasn't normally what we do only because of numbers for us and all that. Cause we're a small little, uh, uh, nonprofit organization, but you know what? It was probably the coolest event that I've been to. And I've yeah. been to so many shows. It's ridiculous. All right, and so, just okay. pre- present there. It was fantastic. But the, the minute I got there, I had these stupid Christian people that were writing me saying, well, don't celebrate what they're doing, bro. Are you, you're out of your mind. Mikey, they just need to make sure you knew that, man. That's all. It's codependent Christianity, you know, it's It's, it's, it's at least codependent. It might, it might just be these power and authority playing itself out in humble terms or and fear mongering. I mean, it's some really gross under, I mean, I'm not saying people that act like that or say it to you are even conscious of it, but these big problems in society are, like an aggregate problem that everybody shares together in a, in a collective unawareness. But re- what they really are is like, you know, problems of control and power and fear that, that is established in the, the whole culture that, that play themselves out through those types of well, what we're talking about makes me always think this is like, you know, when Jesus seems kind of tough and mad or like just exhausted from like people totally. talking to him, it's the same thing. Like, can you imagine that happened to Jesus too? Jesus you're celebrating prostitutes. What is it? He just goes, just love your neighbor and God. Shut the hell up. Just love your neighbor. Na- like, Jesus kept it so simple. Have you seen uh-uh. the meme where it's uh-uh. Jesus sitting, talking to all the disciples, and he's like, it's something like, did you not fucking get the memo? <laughs> it's this. That's it. Just do that first, and the rest will figure it out. Just do this first. Oh gosh, Mikey, you have uh, you have proven your theory, man. You really have needed a mentor because you said ass on an album, and you still have not learned. Now you're playing video games with the gays, so you have not learned your lesson, man. <laughs> it's funny too, though. I wonder uh, hearing hearing you guys talk, it does kind of make me think too. Like I wonder 
Like just to, for example, Matt and I just being in Emory, uh, and, and you having the, the with with the band, and then doing being the Christian music, doing festivals and shows and stuff. I wonder if part of it was that we turned our attention towards the system as opposed to. I think a lot of a lot of dudes in bands grew up trusting in the system. Oh well, this is what you do. You got to have your Bible study. You got to read your Bible. You got to pray. You got to do this, and you'll get some. You'll get it. You know what I mean? If you keep working hard enough, and then they go, shit, the system let me down, so, oh, Jesus must let me down, too. Yeah. They, they, they said that Jesus thing's fake. Point. And and so now I think, like, uh, uh, like just taking into example, us four here even, just the idea of, wait, hold on, it's not Jesus, it's not the man, it's not the God. That, that, that was never the problem. The system is what is oh, failing really us, and we got to figure that out. That's really interesting, because you're saying that, I can assure you, I ain't never had no faith in no kind of system. Right. Like, I mean, when I said that earlier about punk mentality, I've... I, Trust me, I did not get along with any establishment, school, authority. <laughs> yeah. I never had any respect for church growing Always up. Always questioned it. Yeah, I just thought it was clearly not useful and silly or, or something. That's the way right. I've always. That's the way I've always felt about those things. So I didn't think that they, they were going to actually do anything for me, right? Right. I, like I never thought that that was going to happen. So I, maybe I'm a little bit more stable now as a result because they did not disappoint me any more than I would have expected them to. Well, just like Mikey says, exactly how I felt though. I can't ever escape Jesus. Just yeah, that idea exactly. of wait a minute. I know, I know Toby, and and this Jesus dude sounds like I need that. Like that, that's the kind of real thing that I need. Like I get, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I, I do need somebody to correct me or to love me or help me work on my identity and all this shit that's inside my heart and all this, like that. That I get that part. All the other stuff is just like wait a minute. Hold on. I mean, and once again, just kind of like you were saying, of course, there's good stuff about church, and I know people yeah. are getting saved yeah. and all that. But I mean, I do think it's it's kind of neat how it's happening now with different organizations and things that I think are becoming church too. Like I think, you know, I mean, like Game Church is a church. It, it's going to be a well, lot different. Well, it's it's more like no, 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 no. I'm saying I'm saying as as people though, yeah. as as, yeah. as being a body, I guess. Yeah. How do you how actually, do you explain that? It is a yeah, church. Yeah. Oh, y'all do baptisms and yeah. I don't mean y'all meet every and Sunday and, and all that stuff. I don't. Yeah. But that that brings up that point, which is de- helping people, especially non Christians, deconstruct what they think of when they hear those words, the keywords, Jesus, church, religion, blah blah. I mean, people say, "Well, you guys are religious, right?" And I'm like, "Well, actually, no. I'm I'm not religious at all." And they just don't get that. It, it, there's a there's society has ingrained this into people for so long. Like I am on a mission to extract that. I just deconstruct that and give them a new story. Give them a new, I don't know, uh, outlook on what what it is to be a Christian or what that means or who Jesus was or who God is. And I like doing that kind of stuff on their terms, not on my terms. Yeah. At the the gay gamer convention, I had tons of uh, conversations with guys and girls that were amazing because they were they were listening, they were wanting to know, they're asking us questions, they were wanting to know what you know, what about this, and what do you think about that? Why are you here? All that stuff, and we were yeah. able to explain it in a non churchy, non typical Christian way. And to me, that is church. Yes, I go to church. Yes, I'm there every Sunday, almost. Uh, yes, I'm involved. Uh, my pastor is one of my mentors. He's a buddy of mine. And, uh, yes, there's good, 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 but game church and triple X church and things like that. We're not church in where you come in, you're going to listen to a message and you're going to sit down and do great. Go there, go do that. But when you're ready to go out, which all of us should be going out no matter what, and video games is your thing, come on board. You're it'll 
blow your mind what happens. Well, the thing too is you you were on their turf, so they didn't have to feel like they're in your area, in your building, in your all this stuff. And then you know they they so they felt totally comfortable probably asking difficult questions that they probably wouldn't inside a, a traditional church building or something. Oh like that. man, yeah. it's it's great, and they can say things like you know, well, Jesus wouldn't like me. I'm a Jew. Wait, what? <laughs> He's a Jew. He's a Jew. He'd be a yeah. Jew if he was here. He'd be a Jew. Yeah. So. <laughs> Explain, but explaining simple things like that are are what I really enjoy doing. Just take, and I don't know. I it just it, it's a great conversation to have with a complete stranger in a bar. I love that kind of stuff because they just don't. Hey, how can you have tattoos? The Bible says you can't have tattoos. Well, let's go backwards. <laughs> let me, yeah. Let me let's bring out the context and figure that out. Is that is that a true statement or or what? I I really enjoy that kind of thing. So, well, then the other thing too, is what I really believe about this and why it is working and, and what's going to happen even in the future would be is because that's authentic. You didn't, uh, take their name or try or record anything or try to get them to, as a number for whatever it might be in the future as a baptism or as a giver or any, like that. Those are real conversations are like, wait a minute, I just had a real conversation. And if they pursue it after that, Great. Then like this, a real connection, like they get to have ownership in that whole process, as opposed to, I have to go here. I have to do this. I sign up for this. I, you know, this is when I do this. This is when I do this. This is the guy that speaks when I, and I don't, this is the song. Like you get real ownership in the, what, you know, the journey of their faith or whatever it might be, if, if they so desire. And I love that there's real authenticity in that. One of the coolest stories that I got from the, one of the shows was we were in Portland and we had all of our stuff out on the table. People are grabbing it. And somebody complained that we were giving out Bibles. They go to the leader. The leader comes to me and says, hey, look, uh, you can keep doing this, but you got to take your Bibles off the table, which is never, we've never had that in hundreds of shows, four years, all over the globe. So we had this lady say this to us. And we were like, I, I said, okay, no problem. But if we pull our Bibles, we'll probably have to leave because that's why we're here. But will you do me one favor? And that is talk to these two organizations and ask them about us first, and then tell me what your answer is. The two organizations I had I talked to or, or told her to talk to were staunchly atheist. I mean, they, they crucified Christians. I mean, any, any time they can just completely annihilate a Christian, they do. And she goes, she takes off for 20 minutes and comes back and she says, you're fine. And my relationship, just being around those organizations because we've had a booth next to them or we've seen them at other shows or we're out drinking and we, you know, people buy each other drinks or whatever yeah. and we have conversations. Those guys are in our corner. Those yeah. guys that hate Christians, they hate them. I mean, hate them came to our rescue because they thought we were pretty good guys. Yeah. I want... I hope in my age, I can mentor, whatever you want to call it, disciple, whatever, challenge, push other Christians to be able to get in that spot where you've got staunchly non-Christian people coming to your rescue. Yeah, right on. So Mikey, when you reflect on your childhood and your early adulthood and all that stuff, what do you, which game system do you have the most fondest memories of playing? Oh, the three, I mean, the Xbox one, just because, I mean, I wasn't a huge gamer. I'm actually, the video game thing kind of fell on my lap. So it wasn't, it wasn't because I was just this crazy strong gamer guy. I mean, I was in music forever. So, gotcha. you know, three bands and three signed bands and a bunch of festivals and shows promoting shows and stuff. So 
I thought that was it. And then I made a kind of a mistake and I fell into video games. So, um, I don't know all of them, <laughs> the yeah. one I have now, cause I'm getting the most enjoyment out of it. I, I... Awesome. Dude, it was awesome having you, man. This really was a good conversation. Hey, are you, you guys go to the e-gaming thing, e-gaming events too yet? Like, the, you know what I'm talking about? Like where they actually battle each other and stuff. Y'all do that stuff too? Because that is growing in popularity like crazy, isn't it? Yeah, they're huge. But we're waiting for them. Usually they have that competition without an expo hall and without a place for us to have. It's like a merch tent, guys. Like, it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. So if there isn't that, then we're, we're you know, a single stand out in the middle of nowhere and no one cares. Right. Okay. So we have to do those things where there's, you know, booth after booth after booth after right. booth. And you guys have a podcast, right? And we see that on your website. A couple of my guys do that. We're really excited about that. The The podcast has been getting a lot of uh, notoriety from non-Christian journalists. So awesome. it's really it's really done by journalists. It's not your standard podcast. It's really interviewing uh, game developers uh, from AAA titles all the way to independence, and and those guys are are. Uh, it's really cool because we do we do talk through the lens of faith, but with uh, you know again without all the Christian bullshit. It's we're, we we want to know what people think about it, awesome. and uh, those guys do I think a really good job and and have uh, helped us with legitimacy in a non Christian video game world. Being What's Christian. the name of the podcast? Game Church. It's just Game Church. Yeah. You go in your podcast. Yeah, so go everybody Game go Church. to gamechurch.com, right. cool. and you can uh, just just look at all this stuff, man. There's a lot of good stuff on this site. Hook up with the podcast and, and learn more about Game Church. There's a better way for you to get involved with the community, and that is on Facebook, Game Church City, and then you'll find out. Just look up Game Church City. Excellent. Sweet. Enjoy talking to you, Mikey. Good. I Very appreciate good. you guys having me on. I really, really enjoyed my time. Thank you. Awesome, man. Have a good one. See ya. All right. Mikey Bridges. Man, that was a great interview. Yeah, that's I, one of that, those ones where you're just like coming away from ah, refreshing. Yeah, Very really. Refreshing. Just a legit dude that is, I, I really do believe that those things now are called, that are called parachurches are, will be considered the church in the future. Like I think innovation that's and technology stuff, it will be the church and Church will be smaller, little tiny things. Just kind of like this. Uh, there's a billion podcasts now with a certain amount of listeners. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. Like you're going to choose your own entertainment, choose your own adventure with church and all this stuff. And it's going to be That's really interesting. cool. I really do. Believe so it's not like replacing. It's just a right. matter of the amount of activity that happens there that's positive and good yeah. and Christ centered will increase. Whereas the super formulaic and institutional simply will decrease in the amount yep. in its breadth and the amount of things that get done within it. It's not replacement or vice versa. That's interesting. And, and I, even I going back, relating that to how we were talking about politics and Trump earlier, I really do believe it's because politics and church are so similar. They rely oh on, my they, gosh, are they? they rely on this system and this leader and, and this stuff. And people are too mm-hmm. smart for that. And they're going to ha- feel some pain from it and then really do something else. Like I can't be, I just can't do that. I can't be a Trumpite. I can't be a, just a Sunday morning consumer. I, you know, people are going to do right. that. So How dare I completely you? agree. That's why I would say I had said that before that I think that the politic, the church is rivals the politics kind of thing. Yeah. So it's it's the way you feel about the stupidness of the political system is, you know, there's some familiarity there with the church and its leadership and its ways. So I, I think that's a good. Yeah, point. we well, you, you guys. We, have you know what? Let's bring on a. Uh, let's bring on a somebody that really is kind of in the in the future. Let's find a guest that knows about. The, some of the back 
backside of politicians and stuff and just really get to see how like much they are like pastors or, or not pastors, how much idea. they are like the church system too. That'd be really fun. That's so. a good idea. Um, okay. Let's get to the most important part that is the truth, no matter what. Like, word like, up. This will never hurt you. It will only help you. It sets you free. A system, so it builds a system up. and an American institution that cannot free. fail. It builds up. That's not right now. In a world where you war in your mind against, like, the system, and then your best friend is just a part of it, and he's a campus pastor at a church. You, 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 <laughs> he is the system. He is the when system. You, I am. When your two best friends are the system. My name is Toby Brown. It's the damn news, and it's the damn truth, and it's about damn time. Cheers, huh? Uh, Matt, yesterday, Joey and I, I don't know when this is coming out, but Joey and I had an off, uh, our church, awesome as they are, gave us the leap year day off. So February 29th, mm-hmm. they gave it to us off. They gave it to us they off. They know we've all been working hard and doing stuff, so they gave it to us off. But and I started thinking, I don't really understand leap year. I don't really get uh-huh. it. And just so happens there's a scientific explanation for it. And what if you were born? That's what what so do you mean? Crazy. It just so happens there's a scientific. You think there, well, there wasn't one? It was just a random <laughs> Oh, is this thing? your new segment? Oh. <laughs> Can you shut your damn mouth for five seconds? Ever feel like this comes from yahoo.com, one of the premier news sites? Yeah, premier. <laughs> Ever feel like you just don't have enough time? But once every four years, we all get an extra 24 hours uh, when leap year rolls around. There actually is a science behind this bonus day. Do people not know this? I mean, I don't know it. I don't understand. Joe, you know what? While there are 365 days in a calendar year, it actually takes a little longer. 365.2422 days, to be exact, for the Earth to complete its annual journey around the sun. This essentially adds up to 365 days and six hours. Six times four, 24. So to realign us with the Earth's movement around the sun, an extra day, 24 hours, is built into the calendar year once every four years. Wow. The, I mean, this is exactly what that premise of that Jeff Foxworthy Think that's still ki- confusing? <laughs> Shut it, man. I'm on, I'm on fire. Up until Julius Caesar came along and created his own calendar, people observed a 355-day year with an extra month called Mercedonius. Or Mercadonius. Mm-hmm. I think it's Mercedonius. Uh, Caesar did away with that complicated system by creating a new day, which is now known as February 29th. So they people lived for a long time with 355 days a year with a whole extra right. month. So there were 13 months. And as we know, 13 is the number of, of evil and scary and bad and Satan. So luckily for us, Caesar changed that. Well, I mean, seriously, isn't that the premise of the aren't you smarter than a third grader thing? I mean, I'm sure this is that's third grades. Every third grader remembers that because they've just, right? The leap year thing? No, that's not it's true. how long that the, the, the earth takes to go around the sun's a year. That's not true. Yeah, it's not true. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, but it's real simple. It's just how long Joey, it takes you, to go around the sun. Like, Joey, like really Mars is like your, 600. Joey, I really appreciate your commentary during the news today. <laughs> this, there's someone else that's definitely trying to ruin it for everyone. And I won't say his name. No, I'll, I'll just give you more information so you remember for next time. Mars name takes like 700 days. <laughs> it's like Mars has a 700 day or something like that year. That's just because how long it takes to go around. Right. So brilliant, man. What great, great <laughs> correlation there. What What do people do when they are born on the 29th of February? Do the, does the next year do they just celebrate on the 28th or it's just up to the parents? Yeah. 
That's just so crazy. Well, technically, it would be the day after the 28th, whether sad, it be March now, 1st. No, I don't. See, sad. I always thought it's not that sad because it seems like when every four years when it rolls around, you party. Think about the Olympics. Yeah, if the Olympics was bonus. every year, your birthday every year, you're like, okay. But when the Olympics comes around four years later, oh, shit, the whole world watches. Yeah, yeah, so you're absolutely. every four think, years, yeah, you have your birthday. Special. That would be amazing. What if you could have, like, would you want, wouldn't part of you want to wait four years to your next birthday and then you get all those presents? <laughs> Everybody shows up. It's a celebration. I think it's cool. I wish I was born on leap year. That'd be amazing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bonus for sure. I mean, it makes you special. But I'm sure they probably just celebrate on the 28th. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be the day after the 20th. The 29th is the leap day, right? No, what if your birthday it falls on a Saturday? If Saturday's the 28th instead of, or Sunday, you would do it the 28th or whichever well, one's closest you know, as you got no, older. It would be the day after the day you weren't born on. You were not born on the 28th for sure. You were certainly born the following day, which will be either the 29th or March 1st. You were alive then, but that doesn't matter. That wasn't the day you were born, so they're both arbitrary. But you were definitely never born on the 28th ever in any way. But the day that is called March you 1st were alive is sometimes on the called 28th. March 29th, February 29th. You were alive on the 28th almost uh, less than one day minus a year later. So the ne- following February 28th, you were alive just like you were alive March 1st. So it's arbitrary. You can easily celebrate that I was alive. Oh, if you can choose any day you want to, but certainly the day that leap people celebrate as their birthday typically would be the day no after the last day they were not you get to born celebrate on yet, whenever you want. You get to choose. It's your birthday, so you can choose. I would say most well, you can pe- choose any birthday you want. And most people would always choose the day before that rather than wait two days later for their get their presents or cake. Well, I would choose a week before then. You can. Yeah, I know. But you weren't born on a leap year, so you don't get to do that. Fox News, guys, and this is serious. Utah lawmakers proposed bill which would allow law enforcement to shoot down drones. I thought this was. Pretty interesting because drones are becoming more and more popular. And now law enforcement would actually potentially be able to, with this law, shoot down your stuff. And, well, let me just read the story here because it's going to imply to like if you're interfering with a crime scene or something like that. But what if you're just out flying your thing and you witness a cop shooting somebody and then they shoot, shoot it down or something? Are people mm-hmm. going to be able to? Utah lawmakers uh, proposed a solution to getting recreational drones out of the way of the emergency response units, shoot them out of the sky. Legislators throughout the U S are working to figure out the best way to regulate drones as they become increasingly prevalent, particularly when it comes to interfering with emergency response work. Other states have proposed shooting down drones, but it hasn't become law according to the national center for state legislatures. Law enforcement already has some tools to control airspace in cases such as wildfires, Law enforcement can ask the Federal Aviation Administration to restrict air travel, and that could apply to planes and unmanned aircraft. Uh, But the drones keep coming, though. The flying devices interfered with aircraft fighting during more than a dozen wildfires last year, according to the U.S. Forest Service. In 2014, they interfered during just a handful of fires. Basically, two Utah lawmakers are proposing a similar bill to aim to change that. So the idea is they're interfering with a wildfire. Oh, wait a minute. This is a a crime scene or an emergency scene. This drone's flying over. We're going to shoot it down because it's interfering with us. Mm -hmm. That is hilariously preposterous um, for so many reasons, but mainly the cops marksmanship is nowhere near good enough to shoot down a drone like oh knock that knock it down randy okay right i don't think so that's an absolute joke that they would be able to hit a drone they can't 
I mean, and I'm not even making fun of cops. Marksmanship is difficult. Right. Like that is not, it's just not easy to do with a handgun. That's, that's, that's insane. And secondly, it's just like anything. It's stuff that people are worried about now, but you can't, you're not, you cannot control stuff like right. that. Like you can't control that. But that interesting notion is, I mean, I've seen people shoot of uh, videos of people who have shot them down and stuff that were bothering them or hit them with something. It is possible right. to shoot them down. But like, uh, do you like I own my house here? Do I? How much of my airspace do I own? Is it? It's at my roof level. If it was hovering one foot off the ground in my yard, I certainly could kick and destroy the thing. Right? right? How high up does it have to be before I don't own my airspace or have domain over that on my property? Is a good question that it raises. Yeah, you're right. Do y'all know? No, I, I do don't. Not know. Would I, you be mad I if there was a drone be, flying forty five thousand feet? I think the government potentially could. What about four and a half feet high, and we could run into my head? In on my own property in my front yard. What about the height of my fence? Three and a half feet. Do I, n- I don't have domain there? Oh, you're saying if you wanted to shoot down somebody else's drone. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying if you if there's a drone flying three and a half feet above the grass in my yard, right? Clearly, I have domain there. Yeah. If I say get this out of here, I can grab it. So I can say hit I was it. At, I you're saying like if I was in my house, I looked outside and there was a drone in my window, like trying to videotape me or my family or something. I should have right. the right to be able to knock that down. Of course you would. If it was right. looking in your bedroom window while you're with your wife trying to have sex, right? Okay, drone inappropriate, you could certainly legally go out there and knock it down or take it, do anything like that. What I'm asking you is, at 40,000 feet above your head, a airplane or a drone flies over, ain't no issue. Right. People in that people up there take pictures down, those from the airplane wing, and you don't have a problem with that. I'm asking, is it 6 feet, 12 feet, 1,000 feet? Where where does that bother you personally, and is there a law? I don't know the answer to that. But interesting question that it raises. Yeah, I... it's going to be interesting the more and more the government says, hey, well, you can't do this with technology. Like, it should be, you just... Well, especially technologies right. you cannot stop. What are they going to do, right. scramble an F-1? Right. And like I said, cops can't shoot it down. You can't scramble a fighter to come after it. So it's going to be interesting. It, yeah, I, I think what will end up happening is it'll just be something where you won't be able to sue or something. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. Like, a, somebody shoots it down and it's just, well, it was, it was near me and you can't get in trouble for it. But I don't know. I mean, if you shot... It's quite similar to be, video people videoing you in Starbucks or something. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's on a flying drone. Like, it's a little bit weird, but I guess they can do but, it legally. And you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you can have your camera out and that's what freaked people out about Google Glass. Right. But it's not anything different than literally holding your phone into well, the air. Well, think about a think about paparazzi really and, a, and a, a star, and they go over and grab the camera and smash it. They aren't they? They can get in trouble for that guilt going on that. If it's person. assault, right? Yeah, yeah, or go invading that person's personal space when they were on public or pr- personal property. property. Like you can't go up to somebody on the sidewalk and grab their camera and smash it, right? That person is allowed to video. But that's you what I'm saying. Legally. What if you're walking down the street and somebody you know is filming you with a drone, and then you're like, oh, okay, I don't know. It'll be really interesting. I hate the idea yeah, of government being able to do stuff to your stuff and your personal property. And at the same time, there's going to come a time where I'm like, damn it, I wish these drones would get out of my hair. <laughs> well, look, it's not about the government. I mean, it, let, let private enterprise solve it. Figure out a thing you could do to disable, you know, in a personal airspace, yeah. you know, anti-aircraft, some technology that lasers it or makes a force field or something. And then we can enterprise yeah. our way out of it. You can have drone protection over your home up to 100 feet. Somebody start working on that. And yeah. You make a ton of money one day on it. Uh, yeah, you're right. Joey, what do you think about drones? Well, the drones are very much so interconnected with the just demonic <laughs> spirits. And Joey, I should make you my, like, uh, you should be uh, my religion and spirituality commentator. Like, when every news you go to something, how it is actually the drones, even though it's technology, it is a winged demon. All right, Joey, uh, how about this? 
I'm going to read this story. It applies to you, I think. Uh, I think you've even gone through this, but maybe you can do the religion and the spirituality. When I when I cut to you, you give me spiritual. Report. Yeah, you give me the spiritual report on this. What God says about this? Oh, that's easy. I'm right, anointed for that. This is a roving reporter, um, Jonathan Nelson, sent this in. Hey, Jonathan. Uh, and this happened to you, I think, Joey. Okay. Uh, toxic shock syndrome tampon warning after student is hospitalized. A student has spoken out about the dangers of toxic shock syndrome after she forgot to remove her tampon for nine days. I remember you had a tampon in what ten days? You did, yeah, you did easily. 10 it was easy. I, I mean, you guys I've never seen five hundred bucks. No, it was ten dollars. Oh yeah, that was close. Uh, Emily Pankhurst, twenty dollars. Um, twenty years old says she initially blamed exam stress when she started to feel weak and bloated. She then began to feel faint, started to slur her words, uh, and her skin became mottled. Oh when admitted into intensive care, doctors said she was suffering from sepsis or blood poisoning, mm-hmm. uh, a result of toxic shock syndrome and infection caused by bacteria forming on the tampon. Doctors managed to save her life using antibiotics, but Miss Pankhurst is still unable to walk long distances. The third-year criminology student said she had inserted the tampon during her period last month but due to stress, had forgotten to remove it and insert another one. After wow. a few days, she began to suffer bloody discharge and went to the doctor who could not find anything wrong with her. Uh, I was feeling really ill by that stage. I was hot and dizzy and felt really strange. I was bleeding more, and my mom suggested I, f- I feel about and see if there was anything there. She said when she discovered the tampon was still inside her, when she uh, pulled it out and said it was pure, pure black, and obviously coated in bacteria. This just isn't sitting That's un- that Joey, horrible. give us the spiritual take on this. I don't yeah. want any take on it. Joey, give us the spiritual take. Go. Well, obviously, the demonic power is at work in our... So I, I believe... So disgusting. I believe that the demon implanted that. So you can't... You That girl cannot own that. You she, think a demon can implant a tampon? Anytime he wants okay. to. Okay. I All mean, right. I want you to think about it. What makes more sense? A girl forgetting that there's a tampon in you can't explain that there's just no way you can explain that or a demon put it in there i mean yeah <laughs> you tell me you're right i mean do you know how I easy it thought is? It that way listen but... do you know how easy it is for a demon to just go <laughs> i think that that just i've never thought to about show it you the uh the just the you know is often commented on the, the unfamiliarity with women with their own bodies to not even think about stuff like that. Can you imagine uh, so... not knowing something that you had put on your dong for more than five seconds? <laughs> well, I... Can you forget about it? <laughs> yeah, My condom fell off in the parking lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Joey. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the damn news. Pat, with, with, with commentary from Pastor Joseph Smithson. With the spiritual report. Hey, well, I got a special BC pod uh, highlight here, uh, BC club pod highlight we have alicia smith from jacksonville florida and uh our, our buddy taylor who runs the bc club with the help of ann uh th- he he thought it'd be a good idea to share this that there's a group in jacksonville that is still meeting months and months and months into this they get together they talk nice. uh you know bc type uh open discussions people are super open and uh yeah they're still doing it. i thought that was pretty cool and then one more chris leonard he has helped us out a great deal editing stuff and giving us some good feedback and advice on that sort of thing. Him and his mom 
has they've created a website called rebuildinglove.com helps people with mental disorders and stuff so now you just want to go check out it's pretty cool but anyway we want to thank you bc club folks hey listen to this it's about to get real up in the bc club house devin coming out with an album zach bolin coming out with an album sherwood coming out with an album tell me the other one matt What's the other band? Not announced yet. Not announced, baby. But we got books coming Very out. Very excited about an it. An Emory book. We've got uh, Joey Svensson coming out with a book soon. Yeah. It's about to get real up in here. So go yep. go check Club your members. perks. Make sure you're giving at a high enough level to get this stuff. Yeah. For those of you that are in the BC Club, you are going to get all future books. That's all future ebooks. Uh, for those of you in the Double Down Club, you're going to get all future music releases and all future ebooks. So. Hey, if you're mm, if you're very if you're a reader and a leader and you don't really care about music, then just stick with the BC Club because you're gonna get all of our future ebooks for free. And then, uh, but if you're big into music, you may just want to bump it up to 14. And hey, honestly, this isn't a way of us milking you for money. It's because hey, uh, music costs money, and the band gets even paid the and digital all that copies. Stuff. We pay royalties to the artists, so just just for ha- putting out a record with us. You're guaranteed the sales of the BC Club, and we pay those artists the royalties. So that's how that works. I want to thank you, BC Club people, for sticking with us for so long because you you guys have stood with us for a pretty long time, and uh, you you've kind of stood shoulder to shoulder with us, and you really haven't gotten a whole lot out of the deal, which shows us that you're with us just because you want to be with us. But it is neat for us; we get a kick out of the fact that coming soon going to be getting a lot of stuff so we're excited about that backchristian.com and so i got a note here from the people in jacksonville that have the bc club meeting they're still meeting like you said if you want to try and catch them hit them up on on, online and the meeting topic this week is actually demonic tampons (laughs) yeah thank you guys for your for partnering with us and hey we gotta get out of here but guys you're not gonna believe this joey you were dead accurate yeah i was just looking in the book the good book and in Nanivia 2.7, it literally says, on the hill of Gash, the demon, Black Tampon, entered into the city. <laughs> 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 the hill of Gash. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.